this is Brittany Estep. And I'm Chip Richter. And you're listening to the Roots and Wings podcast. A conversation about faith, family, and parenting. We're glad you're listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are excited to be back here today. Um, We just had a great, great Thanksgiving and just excited to be together. So, yeah. How are you, Dad? Good. Good. It was good to be together. We, I really did appreciate our Thanksgiving time together with family, and it was fun to be with you guys. So, yes. good times. Yes. Good, times. Always, good times. Always good. Always good. So, um, this week, we're kind of launching to a new uh, thought, new idea, and um, I'll just share a little bit about kind of what prompted this episode. Um, when we first set out to do our podcast, one of the things we did, we put out a little put out a little sort of feeler thing on our Facebook pages and just said, hey, if there was a podcast all about, you know, faith, family, and parenting, and what are some topic ideas that you like to talk about? So we did get some really good, helpful feedback from parents. And one of the topics that we got from a couple parents was, was this one. How do you guard your kids from not falling into the trap of kind of feeling or being entitled, you know, mm-hmm. this idea that mm-hmm. they kind of are expecting, you know, everything to be handed to them, you know, and I thought, well, that was a, that's a good, that's a good topic. And, yeah. and I, but I also, when I heard it, I thought I, I recognize the need for that discussion, but honestly, as, as I read the, read it and thought about it, I thought, I, I kind of thought, I have no idea, you know, I mean, I have some <laughs> ideas, but yeah. I thought, I just, I don't know. I mean, I think you got you kids grew up with a good balance and a healthy place. But um, but I get what the parent was saying because I, I I am seeing you know in the, in our society I am seeing kids that sort of seem to have this built in mm-hmm. attitude of you know I mean the world owes me something you know right. I I guess I thought yeah that's a great topic I mm-hmm. I would love to for us to cover that well um, someone sent me a link to this really great article that. Um, this, the title alone got my attention. The title of this article is Why Are Kids Impatient, Bored, Friendless, and Entitled? And I thought, whoa, what's this? Whoa, so dun, I, dun, dun. I read the article and right away I thought, this is great. There's just some, so much good, so many good thoughts in here. So, and maybe some of our listeners have already seen the article because I actually posted it up on our Facebook page, our Roots and Wings mm-hmm. podcast Facebook page. So the article is there, so people can, we'll just say that right up front, you can go check out this article, read it in its entirety, and we really would encourage you to do that. Yeah, for sure. But um, this this uh, this article that comes from a, a blog called Deep Roots at Home, and it's a, a, a Christian blogger named Jacqueline who has this really, really a great-looking blog all about parenting, homemaking, healthy living. These are some of the titles I'm looking at on her bar. And this article is one that she posted. And she's reposting this article from the original author. The original author's name is Victoria Prudet. She's an occupational therapist. And she her focus is working with kids and families and and parenting things. So, And I, and I did check out her uh, website too, and she's got some great stuff as well. So we'll put links mm-hmm. to all of this stuff up here. But so, Britt, I as I'm just sharing this with you, what were some things that jumped out at you right away with this article that you as you were looking at it? Yeah, yeah, both articles were good, and the concept is really interesting. Um, 
I thought it was just an interesting topic because I do, I, I, I've told Jeff a couple of times, I'm so, I think the hardest thing that I deal with in my job so far as a resident director that lives with college students are when I deal with students who have an entitled mentality that I can't seem to help them understand anything else. <laughs> so um, you have, do you have encountered this in yourself in terms of seeing uh, or yeah, interacting with, yeah, with students? These are, these are, sure. and you're. The, peop- the people that you're interacting with are what age is usually? Mostly, I have I deal with a lot of upperclassmen, so I'd say anywhere from 20 to 23. Um, okay, but and, you're, I and you're seeing and you're seeing manifestations of this sort of entitlement kind of thing. Sure, happening too. Yeah, and I want to say that graciously because I know that I have moments of that too. I think. I, I interact with people on an, another development stage of their life and it's their young adult development stage and I think they're working through some of those things. But it does make me wonder how do how are some students one way and another group of students another way or how, like how do, how do you help them on this spectrum of things so when they hit different development stages that they're more gracious in certain settings than in other settings. So I do see some of this. And I think what really stood out to me was how I, I've been dealing with college students. So I keep thinking, how do I help develop college students and this spirit of um, entitlement, boredom, being friendly, being open to other things, being patient. But I never really considered how it needs to start so young. Yeah. That's the key. And that is what, yeah, that is what this article really made me realize was like, wow, it is, it is important to understand some of these things when your kids are young and even some of the practical tips that she shares, I think is really good. So I think as the the article opens up, um, Jacqueline just says uh, Victoria's post, she says in her practice, my friend Victoria is seeing something so wide, widespread and alarming that I asked her if we could share her thoughts again due to the overwhelming interest of this conversation and this topic. So she says, I'm resharing her post here. And then this is also my encouragement. She says, I encourage every parent, and I would do the same, who cares about the future of his or her children to read this article. I know that many would choose not to hear what she says in the article, because as you read the article, a lot of the onus and the responsibility and sort of the reasons for some of this point right back to us as parents. <laughs> and so that's why some of this is kind of hard to read, perhaps. And you might read it and go, whoa. So I would encourage you as you read this article, read these things to read it with an open heart and an open mind and um, just be just be willing to listen and think about maybe how how you're doing your parenting um, how you're approaching, you know, things with your kids, because there are some things that to me are very simple, basic things that she's laying out, but I think super effective, but I could see where they would go kind of against the grain of, for some folks. Sure. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's dive into some of that. Um, for me, she, I think one of the first things that she talks about is, you know, why are kids the way they are? And her first point is she said, kids get everything they want when they want it. Do you think that's true? <laughs> well, the, I guess, well, she's saying it because she's, you know, she's she's interacting with people and families every day. So she's obviously seeing some things that to tell her that. I mean, she says kind of earlier on, she says, I hear the same consistent message from every teacher I meet, I meet clearly throughout my time as an occupational therapist. She's 
continues to see children and sees a decline in children's social and emotional academic functioning as well as you know the increase in learning disabilities and things like that and she's she's just saying i know that you know a lot of this is happening through environment and we can make the make all of you know we can make the brain stronger or weaker by the by the way we you know interact with our kids and the kind of environment we create for them so she's kind of putting this you know in into the daily you know routine that we have with our kids as they're at home you know things that are happening so so that that's true her first point kids get everything they want when they want it period for example you know she says i'm hungry and then the response is, well, in a second, I'll stop at the drive-thru. Or the kid says, I'm thirsty. Oh, here's a vending machine right here. I'm bored. Oh, here, use my phone. <laughs> so mm-hmm. as parents, we're just sort of just giving our kids everything they want, when they want it, as quickly as we can get it to them. The ability mm-hmm. to delay gratification, mm-hmm. you know, is not happening. You know, we're not, it's, it's instant gratification rather than delayed gratification. Right. I think that would be hard as a parent because I think as parents, we get that ourselves or people as, as big, I'm not a parent, but as a big person, I get that myself. Like I just thought, I just realized this the other day. Now that I kind of work from home, quote unquote, I always have access to food. So I realized the other day that I never really let myself even feel hungry. Like I just go get food. And I, and not that that's a bad thing, but also I thought to myself, you need to let yourself wait long Mm -hmm. enough until you actually know that you're hungry like wait (laughs) you know wait wait and then feed yourself kind of a thing but i but i'm just so used to being able to i'm gonna i want a coffee i'm gonna go jet in and get a coffee or oh i'm i'm hungry i'll just pick this up real fast or i'll grab this real fast Mm or um that instant gratification is something i think we're experiencing as a culture so i can see why it it would be it would be even hard to i think it would take some intentional effort to separate what you're experiencing as a big person in order to help develop your little people yeah some some would well, call let, them children let's touch on the reason why delayed gratification you know having that happening can be a good thing she's in and this is something i think that is important she says the ability to delay gratification is one of the key factors for future success. We have the best intentions to make our child happy, but unfortunately we make them happy at the moment, but miserable in the long term. Because to to be able to delay gratification means that they'll be able to function under stress later, you know, in other situations in life. That's really good. She says our children are gradually becoming less equipped to deal with even minor stressors which eventually become huge obstacles to their success in life. And where it's showing up is in the classroom, you know, or in restaurants or any places in public, the grocery store, toy stores. The moment a child hears no because the parents have taught their children's brain to get what they want right away, there's a meltdown, (laughs) you know, because if if you can't have it instantly, I mean, they're used to getting it right now, whatever it is. And so when they hear no, because sometimes the answer is no, because sometimes it's impossible to give them what they want right away when they want it. It just is. So we need to, we're, we're sort of setting them up for failure or for, mm-hmm. or for future public meltdowns or whatever it would be mm-hmm. when, we, when we aren't helping their brains develop this idea of being able to wait, just mm-hmm. to, be, to mm-hmm. be patient and wait. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Megan, your sister Megan and... Her, their little girl Riley. Riley is two years old, and they're in the midst of 
teaching Riley how to wait, you know, and it's, and there's, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, you know, because they're used to giving Riley everything she needs whenever she needs it. And so they're recognizing, you know what, we need to figure that out. And so one of the things Megan did was ask me, she said, dad, do you have a a song about patience? (laughs) And I said, no, I don't. And she said, do you think you could write one? (laughs) So I did, I did. I wrote a song about patience and and I and it's kind of a new song, but as I'm singing this song, I'm singing it out now um, for it, it shows. And I get I get lots of parents come up and say, "Hey, is that on? What CD is that on?" And it's not on anything yet. But I see pe- parents and teachers um, hearing a song like that, and realizing, "Hey, this is a good resource. <laughs> let's let's do it." Because yeah. I think we need to help our kids, mm-hmm. you know, be able to rest and relax yeah. and and wait, yeah. you know. Well, I love what you said. Uh, well, she said it, I guess you just repeated it about how it's not just helping them in the moment, but you're helping them learn how to deal with stress. Yeah. yeah. And you don't really think of that as something that's stressful, but it's true. Like those are like small stressors in their world. And so they need to learn how to deal with small stress. So when they do get big, they can learn to deal with other stress. And that's something that I encounter a lot Mm -hmm. in my, um, my professional days is, you know, I work with students on a lot of different levels, but I, I partner really close with our, our counseling department here on campus. And they kind of help us walk through this idea that anxiety and depression has peaked in the last five years and in a crazy amount of way in college students, you know, Mm. this mental, this mental health tends to come out the most in young adults between anywhere from like 16 to like the twenties, you know, mid twenties. And that's usually because it's triggered by stress. Hmm. So you throw a bunch of young adults together in a setting where it's high stress and no sleep is like something that's a badge of honor. So it's like you put all of these things together and it's just really like a real hot mess. So a lot of what I'm finding with these students is some of them don't even know how to process Hmm. stress. That's interesting. You know, then that's really interesting that you are in this conversation, Britt, working in the world that you're working in. So, so that if there are some, if there are parents out there listening to us today, and they have young kids, and they're going, "Yeah, I don't know, it's not a big deal." Well, listen to Brittany because she's <laughs> she is working with young adults who are at the other end of the spectrum where your kids will be someday. And so, what we're talking about today is you implementing something in your parenting. Uh, techniques and skills that will help your kids be ready for where they will be in the place where Brittany is right now. 19, 20, 21 year olds who have to deal with just life. And you're saying, Britt, real life, you're saying, look, I see it happening right now. I see it. Mm -hmm. These kids, you know, um, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not like it's it's not that it's too late for them, but it's a lot more no. it's a lot more work though for for them to kind of come, get their mind around the world and and how it works and because they're about they're bit, they're about to launch into no. I mean, the new and, the new thing that they're going to do and so. right right and it's natural for them to be stressed. I'm not sure. saying that that's crazy. It's just interesting. There's certain students who are able to process stress in a more productive way than other students, and I think this idea of working to delay gratification, um, not giving 
into everything that we want when we want it, even for ourselves, helps helps us to grasp that mm-hmm. um, a little bit. Another point, Dad, that I really liked that she had that I was like, whoa. In fact, that was it actually spoke to me because <laughs> I need to work on it myself. But she talked about endless fun, how we've created artificial fun this artificial fun world for our kids and that Mm. there are no dull moments. So we never allow moments of quiet and we never run into um, moments where they need to work on entertaining themselves because we are always working to fill those gaps. Mm -hmm. And that's, first of all, unrealistic expectation of the world around them. But then I think she said something where boredom is where creativity first starts. And I was like, whoa, that's so true. Yeah. To give, That's really to good. Give yourself, isn't that good? To give yeah. yourself these moments to be like, oh wait, you know, I'm not feeling satisfied right now. Let me think of what to do to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. And even as I was telling this to you earlier, even as you know, a 28 year old person, I recognize that I don't let myself have a lot of dull moments. I'm not a quiet moment person. Right. I'm pretty chatty. I'm pretty go, go, go. And so even in my quiet moments of whether I'm just sitting in the car or sitting on the couch, I tend to pick up my phone and I tend to fill my moments with something else. And I feel like I've lost the art of just being able to sit and create these moments of quiet. Yeah, that's good. I like that point too. And I appreciated it too. She says, I'll just read here. She says that, um, the moment that it becomes quiet, we as parents run to entertain them again because otherwise we feel that we are not doing our parenting duty, which that's interesting because I think some parents might think, well, isn't that what parents are supposed to do? Aren't we supposed to be? Well, not really. <laughs> we, She says, look, we live in sort of two separate worlds. They have their quote unquote fun world and we have our quote unquote work world. And she's saying, mm-hmm. why, why do we keep them separate? Why don't we let our kids, let, let their world and our world kind of merge together and let it be a team effort? Why aren't children helping us with some of the things in the kitchen or with the laundry? Why don't they tidy up their own toys? You know, this is a basic, you know, these are like basic monotonous kind of work that we feel like kids aren't going to like. Of course, they're not going to like it. What ki- who wants to clean up? Yet, life there's parts of life that aren't fun that need to be done. There's just no way around it. You've got to do some stuff that's not fun. Everything isn't fun, but certain things are really necessary. And so we need to begin to train our children that that's a part of life. That's a part of who we are. You know, as a family, we're a team. We all work together. I mean, you know, when they go into the corporate world or into, you know, working, they have to figure out how to work with other people and do things that aren't necessarily fun. And uh, mm-hmm. this is a part of that. And I think that's really good. And so she says, you know, give them, give them little things to do. And she, I think she, she has this interesting thing she, she talks about in the article. She says um, the, that the basic monotonous work that trains the brain to be workable and function under boredom, is, which is like is, is the same muscle you know, that is required to be eventually teachable at school or, or hmm, teachable, you know, to be a, to be a coachable, you know, athlete, you know, to be trainable, teachable, coachable, um, you know, someone who's ready to learn and be shaped and molded, you know, why? Because the workable muscle, you know, it has been trained. Mm-hmm. And so they get a, they get a challenge and they'll go, okay, yeah, this isn't really fun, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself into it. And that workable muscle gets trained through, through work. 
you know, just through doing the work that's not necessarily fun. Good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole, like we said, the whole article, I mean, we could take a lot of time diving into each point, but um, we really just encourage you guys to jump um, into the article, read it. She talks a lot about, like, we don't want to stay in this plane of like, this is happening okay, bye. You know, she talks about like, Hey, we see these things happening. Here are some helpful things that we can do to come alongside of you and your kids. And maybe your kids are grown and you're like, Oh no, I didn't do any of those things. Well, guess what? There's a whole lot of grace. God fills in a lot of gaps. And there's a lot of people that I think we come together to support and develop one another. And that's never ending. I'm still needing that myself. So Mm -hmm. it's good. Yeah, uh, let, let's just hit on a couple of the of the other points, and I'll just mention them. We won't talk about them, but just to let the listeners know some of the other t- things she she touches on. One is technology, which we've had. That was something else that parents asked us to talk about: was how do we how do we use technology? She she touches mm-hmm. on that um, using technology as a quote unquote free babysitting service is in fact not free at all. And then she goes on to talk about why, because there's a payment for that. Where our kids. You know, we we pay we pay with our kids' nervous systems, with their attention spans, with their ability to, you know, have delayed gratification. So that that you can unpack that. That's a that's a really good topic right there, and one mm-hmm. that we probably will revisit sometime too. Another one she talks about is kids. the The title of the title of this point: Kids Rule the World. <laughs> she, I mean, the idea that, well, you know, the idea. Yeah, she says. Um, she might, you might hear a parent say, my son doesn't like vegetables, or she doesn't like going to bed early, or he doesn't like to eat breakfast, or she doesn't like toys, but she's very good at her, on her iPad. That's what she's saying. This is what she hears from parents all the time. And then she says, since when do children dictate to us how to parent them? <laughs> I think that's really good. If we, if we leave mm-hmm. it all up to them, they're going to, all they're going to do is eat mac and cheese and, and bagels with cream cheese and watch TV and play on their iPads and never go to bed. <laughs> well, what parent would let their kid mm-hmm. do that? And yet that's sort of what's happening. So I feel like that, again, we can't, we don't have time to unpack all this, but that's a really good, a really good section. That is good. Um, and that would be one, again, another, I feel like all these would be almost episodes in, in and of themselves for us to talk about. But um, mm-hmm. so we're just going to, we're just going to leave this here for the listener. We're going to encourage you to check out these articles. We'll put links to all of these, there's our, the article's already up on our Facebook page. So if you want to check out the Facebook page, it's Roots and Wings Podcast um, on Facebook. And then also our website is rootsandwingspodcast.com. And all of the episodes are there. And the links will be there, too, for this article as well as to um, Jacqueline's blog and Victoria's yeah. blog. Let us know your thoughts or if there's, you know, we've, we've touched on this, a couple different things, other ideas for episodes. Maybe we've touched on something that you'd like to talk more about. We'd like to hear from you. So you can email us. You can email me, chip, C-H-I-P, at chiprichter.com. And you can email Brittany. Yeah, um, at Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y, at chiprichter.com. And I just want to say this last final thought is don't let these things discourage you. I pray that they encourage you. Um, I know it can always seem a little like I read this and I'm like, well, I'm so glad I'm not a parent. And that's not the mentality. You pro- If you're not in that place, I don't want, I don't think that this was ever meant to discourage parents. I think it's meant to say, hey, here are some gaps that we're seeing. 
here are some practical, helpful ways to come alongside of it. Let's work together to be aware and encourage one another and not just your kids, but some of these things apply to us as adults, like I said, myself. And so this is helping me think through how I handle myself as an individual before I even have kids and even how I interact with, you know, the 19 year olds, 20 year old big kids that I have here that I get a chance to interact with. So be encouraged. And thank you everyone for taking time out of your lives to just pop in on our conversations. And we hope to hear from you. And I hope that you guys have a great week heading into the holiday season. All right, everybody. We'll see you later.